hey, this will get better crowd, fam. Uh, I don't, we don't need a nickname yet. Sorry about that. Just be who you are, I guess. Um, so I'm driving, so you're going to get a lot of noise in the background, but hopefully you can live with it, or maybe I can clean it up even more in post as I'm listening to it right now. Uh, you're definitely getting a good bit of engine sound, which my wife has this amazing ear, and she never drives my car. And she also has a memory like a goddess. Uh, <laughs> so she like drove my car a while back and then drove it yesterday. It's like, I think, I think your car is running more rough now. You probably should get it sent in. And I listened to it, I'm just like, I, I don't know. It sounds like a car engine, um, but I got it. She's been right so many times on this. It's weird. Like she's the car whisperer or cars whisper to her maybe is the better way to put it um anyways i hope you're all having a good week this week's episode i'm gonna try something a little different than anything i've done we've done before we've done a conversation lots of conversations uh we've done some meditation and today i just have a couple of moments from my life i'd love to share with you then maybe connect some dots that I think are, are helpful. Uh, a couple of disclaimers uh, that I think will become important is one, I have no uh, formal education in uh, spacery, <laughs> rocket science, anything of the, that astrophysics, whatever. But I do love um, learning more and more about that kind of stuff, getting to a place where I can just get geeked out. The, the whole idea of space travel super, super excites me. And there's part of me that, like, what's my g- dream job is, uh, is like a freight hauler in space that can definitely, you know, hide some turbo lasers in the one compartment just in case, you know? Like, that's my ideal life where hopping from planet to planet. I was born probably 3,000 years too early for my dream job. Man, 3,000 is a long time. You think about what humanity has done in the last 3,000 years, the exponential curve. Like, if we don't kill ourselves, like, being a freight hauler who goes from planet to planet, has a cool wing in a spaceship where the fam gets to live, and, you know, there's something intriguing about that. TMI, if I've lost you at this point, cool (laughs) the other thing i know i was thinking about uh the idea of losing people (laughs) in in this podcast land um going like we love the name the name of my episode today probably could make me lose some people in the sense of it probably sounds self-helpy and clickbaity and maybe it is but there's really some uh, like i mean it when i say it um somebody the other day told me it's like man in some ways, you were born like 10 years too early for the internet because some of the phrases that you use come across as self-helpy, but in knowing you, like, I know you genuinely mean them and they have, like, meaning behind them for you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I don't know how to stop, though, so uh, it's just going to be part of it. Hence the name of the podcast. Like, this will get better. I think I should probably do a whole episode at some point just about that title and the meaning and thought that's behind that because it sounds very self-helpy and just just believe it and it will come true which is totally not 
the case. And some, yeah, I won't talk about that right now. That's for another time. I've got other ideas in my brain that I want to share with you. Um, but yeah, sometimes, you know, you hear a good line, like, this will get better. And you go, that would make a great podcast title. And then you do that, and then you have to live with it, even if it sounds self-helpy to yourself and other people. Um, but if I haven't lost you with the name, sweet. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, I did these events in the last two and a half weeks where I asked folks to share, anybody who came to share what, uh, what two or three memories from their life have been really formative for who they are today. And, oh my goodness, the, I don't know, I feel like just in sitting down with 15, 20 people asking that question of a group, giving everybody, as many people who want to, a chance to share some of the most formative moments of their life. It felt... felt, I don't have good words for it, I think, is the best. (laughs) It's really important, uh, I think. And it made me realize, like, I haven't asked some of my closest friends that question maybe haven't asked myself that question and so I was thinking about some of those and so many have come to mind because of hearing other people's stories that actually triggered memories and moments to come back to the forefront of my brain that I had you know kind of forgotten about but actually do still have an impact on who I am today so I was thinking about some of those stories and the stories I'm sharing here aren't the stories that I shared at that event but there was a moment that I think is really good and important and helpful uh, that I want to talk about that has helped me in some ways go on a journey of becoming Um, and I think becoming is such an important factor in the this will get better process Uh, it is not just an external journey Uh, probably more than anything that this will get better process uh, starts on an inward level paying attention to what's going on inside and then uh, figuring out how to honor that externally I think is one of the ways that I'm thinking about how do you make this get better Uh, dang it this is going to become about the this will get better thing if I'm not careful but this being our life together you're right and often that that drills down into the micro of what is the specific thing that you want to do But I think ultimately the goal is, how does this whole thing get better? Um, Yeah, okay. Anyways, so memories that have, you know, moments in my life that have shifted me. Um, There's a ton, and I don't really know how far back this memory goes, so I'm not going to do much of the context. I'll try to dive in straight to it. I can go context all day long, as this intro should be demonstrating to you. What are we at, like seven, eight minutes? I don't even know um, before the, the actual content has come. People say, like, just get right to the content. Deliver good content. I don't, I don't know how to dive right in yet. So you're getting the context, y'all. Riding in the car with Harry on his way to uh, an amazing meeting. Staff meeting um, at a red light, as you can probably hear. Red lights are quiet. So, unless you're playing Noah Martis' new album, which, you know, I should dive into the content, but check check this out. 
uh, let's see, will it come up? With every sound and shape. Listen to this. It is not the fun that breaks us, but the step out from the ledge. And it is not the ground that catches, but a thousand gentle hands that hold us nearer, that know our pain, and ever What? Ah, he's so good. Those lyrics, I don't know, hit that hit that uh, 15 second rewind button. Listen to that again. Those lyrics are so amazing. Um, maybe not in the context of just by themselves, but that whole song is so good. Uh, you really should go get his album. It's called Path Abandoned. Unfortunately, that song's not on the digital album. I don't know how you can get a hold of that song. Maybe. We'll have him on the podcast, and he'll play the whole damn thing, which would be, uh, maybe he'll play more than just one song. Maybe he'll play lots of songs, and you can hear some of his music. But then if, if we do that, you've got to, like, and you, and you like it, you've got to promise to go spend some money on Noah, because he's, he's just launching. Uh, Noah, you turd, man. I love you. Um, okay, so the memory. Um Let's start with a feeling before we dive into the memory. More context. Not going to do a lot of context, guys. I think there's this common experience in human beings. Maybe not in everyone, but I know enough people who have had this that I think there's some commonality here that could lead to us, you know, you thinking about something specific in your life. I think that's a cool path to take. There's this uh, moment that I've experienced several times, (laughs) lots of times, let's be honest, Uh, And the moment is when you are in some context. I remember once it was outside uh, hanging off of a very tall (laughs) uh, residential well drilling rig trying to fix a hydraulic line that had broken. Um, And I had the feeling of, I gotta fucking get out of here. Uh, This is ridiculous. And, uh, and that was a strange feeling. It was, it was extra strange because as far as work had gone, it was not the first time that I had had that feeling. I'd had that feeling um, maybe a year and a half, two years before when I quit one of the best jobs that I've ever had. And uh, there were some internal things going on in myself and there were some external things that were impacting those internal things that led to that same feeling of, I have got to get out of here. And I remember both both of those times, the first time I felt that, I was like, from here on out, I got to make decisions so I never feel this, this intensely again. Like, I've got to wisen up and be smarter. And so you, you know, you learn from your mistakes and you try to move forward and, um, and not make that make decisions that lead to that deep dark gut level just like punch me in the gut or maybe like my guts eating its way out of me feeling of oh my god I get out of here I am I am freaking out I'm dying here like there's if I stay here one more day um like this this isn't going to be healthy and good and I felt that in the past and I've felt that since then about different situations I know it can happen in marriage I know it can happen in uh, parenting, <laughs> especially at 3 a.m. when your kid has been like, 
hey, I know I'm new to this place, and it seems like a good idea just to stay awake all the time. Like, that seems like the smart thing to do. But, um, you know, 3 a.m. comes and blah, you're freaking out. So I was, I was thinking about this and recognizing that this is a pretty common human experience. There's been lots of people who I've been talking to who have had this feeling of how, uh, well, I got to get out of here. And I think a follow-up question that comes with that is the question, of how, how did I wind up here again? If you've already felt that once in your life and now you're feeling it for the second time or the third time or the tenth time, even if it's different scenarios, like maybe once it was work and now it's family, or once it was family and now it's, uh, you know, the place you live uh, is just kind of drowning you. And and just feeling that feeling once and then feeling it for a second time, even in a different context, I think leads to the question of like, how did I wind up with this feeling again? How did I get here again? Where all I want to do is get out. Um, and... Yeah, so I don't know if you've felt that before, but that's kind of, I want to I wanna listen to that feeling today. Uh, and so if you felt it before, kind of reflect back on it. And then I am going to stop talking for a second. It won't appear that way to you, so I don't even know why I'm telling you. i got to run into Lowe's and pick up some stuff uh, because of projects at the house. Um, so I'm going to go do that, and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Um, so yeah, target the, uh, like, recall if you can, or imagine even, <laughs> if you can, feeling that feeling of, I gotta get out of here. And if you've already felt that, and felt it twice or more, how did I get here again? Um, that's kind of the, the heart of this, or the, the launch, the, the start of it, the heart. And the heart of it, that's not where we want to live, people. Um, so, here's the memory. I remember working one day, going into work. I was working for a nonprofit social worker. I had classes that I taught at a couple of prisons, jails. I should probably know the difference between prisons and jails. I've been into both. I don't know what the technical definition is, so maybe... Maybe you just got curious and now you're going to go learn stuff. There's a ton to learn about prison stuff. Context over. Here we go. So I go into this class and I'm there to deliver uh, some content, a curriculum that the nonprofit that I worked for had written, had written up. And I was going in to help people who were just out of prison and kind of in a probation um, system or people who are about to be released uh, from their minimum security prison, uh, how to find jobs, what the job landscape was going to be like. you got to imagine um, some of these people have been in and out of prison or just in, in this system for uh, since they were 16, 17 years old. And some of them are 19 or 20. Those guys are going to have at least a not as huge of a learning curve when it comes to finding a job using the internet um, but there are some who like they went in around invention of internet and like them sitting at a computer uh, for some a couple of the guys that I talked to guys and girls like them using a computer was part of their learning curve so you just got to imagine 
like, whoa, this is, this is a lot. Um, and then there are some people in the class that, you know, they had been in there for six months. They know all of this stuff. Sitting down talking about this is the last thing that they actually needed. And, uh, yeah, everybody was frustrated in that space. So the the one the one place that I did they had this basement and that's where we do the classes and these folks had to check in every day at 9 a.m. and sit through an hour and a half to two hours of a class and just every day uh, I think it was six days a week five days a week I'm not sure it might have been seven days a week for some of them. You got to imagine how frustrating that would be, right? Because they have completed their sentence. Like their sentence is over. They're in this thing called probation, which is, you know, from what I understand, like supposed to be in an ideal world, a system that helps them get reacclimated while at the same time kind of assessing how they're doing, making sure that they are actually fully able to return as a citizen to, to society because they've paid their debt. And then there's a whole nother topic along the lines of like, you know, <laughs> how's our justice system working? When someone gets out of prison, does everybody look at that person and go like, they have paid their debt and they no longer need to be punished? But it's amazing how much discrimination um, is out there. Uh, it's so easy to see and... Um, yeah, just that idea of, like, justice has been served, so we either, on, in, on paper, right, so we either need to have a conversation as a society as to do we really, is, just, is our definitions of justice served good, um, or is it something that, that is lacking, or are we good as people who have not experienced that in the sense that we don't need people to pay forever for something they did in a in once and and then there's the whole conversation around what things but so they had to show up every day it was frustrating some of the classes that they had to sit through mine included were not helpful for some of them it was definitely a shotgun approach right like it wasn't a targeted experience of, okay, you're really passionate about finding work and growing in this area. So on uh, Thursdays at 9 a.m., there's this guy who comes in. His name's Harry. He talks about the job-seeking process. And if you're really hungry for that, come on down. Um, make You have to check in for this class because you've named that you're interested in it. And he's going to help you do that. Instead, there would be 25, 30 people sometimes as few as 10 in their program and they would have to come show up for whatever could be you know parenting classes uh, but they didn't like family class but they don't have kids or a girlfriend or a wife Um, it could be like life skills it could be financial stuff like just all sorts of things that you know could be helpful especially if someone's like I'm just in the mode to learn but you got to think like these people have been in a system for a good chunk of time and going to class every day is probably really a frustrating experience. And I picked up on this pretty quick. My first memory in this, there's like a series of three moments that I want to share. First memory is get down to the basement and um, it's the first day that I ever walked into that space. And 
just kind of going like, whoa. And the guy who brought me, really great guy, kind of showed me the ropes. He'd done it a couple of times. So it showed me whatever ropes he had assembled. And then um, he took off because he had work to do and I felt comfortable enough. And it's like, okay, here we go. And started talking, going through the curriculum and whoa, totally didn't connect. Like, and even as I'm, and I had prepared and looked at the curriculum and kind of like, okay, here's what we're doing today. This is where we're headed. Try to make it my own. But just realized really quickly, I was in a crowd that viewed what was happening as more of a punishment that was being forced on them unnecessarily than as a helpful class, which is a real tough crowd, right? And the thing that I learned so fast is this crowd calls you on your bullshit real quick. Uh, They have to be there. It already feels like a waste of their time. And if someone's talking in a way that is also a waste of their time, they're just going to call it. So like my first five minutes, I had a guy stand up and just go like, this is motherfucking shit. And I am pissed that I have to listen to this. Like, and as a speaker, you're like, whoa. Uh, Also, what do I do? And like, there's nobody else around. It's me in the room with these people. Like these are return citizens. Yeah, they got to get patted down every day, which has got to be freaking annoying and frustrating. But they're like, ah, what I appreciate about them so much and is that just like fire training of you're going to say something and we're going to give you immediate feedback uh, vocally, explicitly. And I actually miss some of that. It's like, man, anybody who wants to do public speaking, not that I'm a pro at it by any means, um, it, but it did force me to get better and clearer and communicate more effectively and it, it, in a way with a little bit more heart in that context. Because um, they, they just smelled, they could smell any kind of bullshit and then they would let you know right away, which is really cool. So... Um, I had that memory where I was like, I got to up my game. And so a year, year and a half went by and I'm getting better and better. I'm still not connecting well though. When I imagine connecting with someone, it's like this relational dynamic that, that really is like, I care about you, you care about me and we're in this process. And it's just such a, like a hostile environment, uh, not hostile, but, uh, I don't know what the right word is. It, <laughs> it felt like punishment for them. And every time I remember being punished there was a sense of resistance attached to it right so it was a resistant environment to to actually connecting Um, and so kind of edited curriculum as I went and um, but then one day uh, maybe four or five months excuse me thirsty um, after I had started there had this moment where I everybody had checked in in the basement and got patted down, came over to the table, like this U-shaped, we had tables set up in a U, with these giant pillars at the corners, it was just this weird, kind of scary, like horror movie basement if the lights are dimmed, right, luckily they had like these bright halogen lights, and it was like, okay, uh, but, ugh, that'd be a scary basement at night, so, or in the dark, so then, um, I'm looking around, and I see somebody, and I freaking recognize them, like, oh my God, this is someone that I know uh, in the room. And my, I don't know if the right language, I don't really like heart language too much, but my heart, <laughs> I felt something in my heart, in my gut, that was just like, oh, 
where do I know them from? I feel like I feel bad for them, like having to be like, oh, hey, Harry. Yeah, here I am coming out of prison time. Uh, but I couldn't place my finger on where I had seen them before. And it kept bugging me and kept bugging me. And they kept making eye contact with me, um, kind of in a way that was like, hey, I know you. So eventually I went up to them, kind of while the whole group was working on an assignment that I had given. And the person was like, hey, how do we, do we know each other? Like, you look so familiar. I just can't figure out how we know each other. And I'm, I'm sorry if it's like, a, it's a weird thing. And they said, oh, no, no. Um, actually, I was in your first four classes. Um, and then I got out. And now I'm, I'm here again. And it's like, oh, oh, okay, dude, that, that really sucks. And then it came flooding back to me that this guy was in my first four classes, like he had said, and part of the, you know, part of helping people even figure out how to find work is to get a sense of who they are and what they want to be doing in the world. Um, and a lot of them, their answer was like, I'll do anything. But that was actually their second answer in response to the question. So like, what do you want? What do you want to do for work? Um, or what do you want to do? That was the question. That was it. Now I'm remembering. What do you, so what do you want to do? And the first answer was always, um, I want to get the fuck out of here. Or I want to get out of this bullshit. And then I had to be like, yeah, right, right. Um, but what like, what kind of work do you want to do? And then the answer was always like, oh, dude, I will literally take anything that I can at this point. Like just this desperation hunger uh, to have an income. Uh, and knowing that work is the way to get an income, right? So, like, I need that bad. Um, but their first answer to what do you want to do was always, i got to get out of here. And and this guy was really vocal about that, I remember. Like, man, I got, I'm just, I'm so excited to get out. I'm going to get out of this bullshit. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Just, I'm never coming back, right? And now he's back. And it was like this moment of, ugh. Well, this phenomenon, I don't know if you call that a phenomenon. For me, it was. <laughs> I should actually probably know what the definition of phenomenon is. Um, and maybe even how to pronounce it correctly, because I'm not sure if I'm nailing that 100% right now. Um, so this this moment, though, this is kind of the second moment, which is a series of moments, is I would be teaching classes over the two, two and a half years that I was there. And every four or five months, there would I would have this moment of like, where do I know this person from? Where do I know this person? I recognize you. And eventually I learned that this is this is recidivism, I think is the word, right? This is the process that somebody goes into prison, gets out, something happens, and they're back in prison, and then they get out. And then, and this happened over and over. Uh, in the two and a half years that was there, it probably happened with like 21 different individuals, 20-ish, somewhere around that number. And... Uh, one of the guys, the one who did it the most, uh, it wasn't the first guy, but I think the second or third one, I saw him come through that system maybe five times, and the people who came through the most were always the most vocal about, I gotta get out of this bullshit. I think that's really interesting. Um, and then finally, uh, had this moment, this third moment, um, it was like, maybe just over a year and a half of being there and it was like a shift uh finally something clicked right in in my teaching style that led to actual connection with with these people 
um, who are just struggling, right? Trying to, not all of them are struggling. Some of them were set up pretty good, but the, for the majority of the, these guys and girls, it was like, Ugh, I gotta get out of this bullshit. So I'm, I'm starting the class. It's like nine o'clock when I started. And then I look up at the clock because it's felt like it's been a while that I've been talking and hadn't asked a question. I look up at the clock and it's only been three minutes. And in my brain, it just felt like 15, 20 minutes. And I'm the one talking, uh, which hopefully isn't your experience here today. <laughs> but if it is, like, I'm slowing time down for you, right? I'm giving you, I'm giving you the illusion that time is moving slower than it is. And that's a beautiful gift. So anyways, um, I recognize that, whoa, holy shit, I am boring the cuss out of these people. Uh, if I'm bored giving the three <laughs> three minutes into my talk, they must feel like a half an hour, 45 minutes has gone by, and I just, like, look at everybody, and I take my curriculum, and I just set it on the table, and I'm like, I need to say something, right? So this is kind of the, the recap of what I said to them. It's like, looked at them all and just said, this is bullshit. And <laughs> everybody kind of zoned in a little because um, up to this point I'd been professional and hadn't sworn. <laughs> I'm figuring, I'm learning how to not do that anymore, guys. I'm a sweary guy. I might as well figure out how to start owning it and stop pretending. So this is uh, also an experiment in that. See what happens. Um, so this is bullshit. I mean, the fact that you have to show up here every day when you could be out looking for jobs. I mean, they are, you should be out looking for a job at nine in the morning and instead you're sitting here in a class listening to me talk to you about how to look for a job and tomorrow who knows what you're going to hear about you know like it's, it's just bullshit and the fact that you have to listen to me some of you have been in this class so many times that listening to me like pff, that's bullshit you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to make you listen to something you've already heard before over and over and over again like that that's bullshit and uh yeah you have to get patted down every day like, that's bullshit that feels like a I realize it's part of the process but that that doesn't feel right um as a fully paid your sentence and your debt to society and you still have to get patted down every day it's bullshit it's, this whole thing like, some of this information that I've been telling you, you know, you guys have told me. Some of it's bullshit. It doesn't work anymore. And I'm doing my best to do it. But this is bullshit. The whole idea of sitting in a class for an hour and a half, when, when what's the benefit? Um, how is this actually benefiting you? This seems just like bullshit. And some of you have, in response to the question that I've asked, you know, what do you want to do, have named, like, all I want to do is get out of this. I want to get out of this bullshit. I got to get out of here. And some of you have said that to me several times. And I feel for you. And I, I want you out of this. Um, I've, I've had this feeling before. I've been in situations in my life. Um, can't can't <laughs> compare to the extreme where you guys have felt it. Like, had to sleep in your own bed, you're not around people you love, but I've had feelings and moments and, and experiences in life where I had this feeling of like, this is bullshit and I gotta get out of here, like now, like, and I did, 
and um, and I explained to them some of the processes of that and some of the details that I'm actually I was more comfortable sharing with them face to face than I'm comfortable sharing on the internet out loud with all of you and uh, so it just created this sense of like I had their attention right so then I started owning my story and uh, I'm pulling into my staff meeting right now so hopefully I will remember I'm about to get super nerdy uh, hairy version of nerdy in the next section of this podcast Whenever the next chunk is, probably be a couple of hours before I get to finish this off. So, um, see you in what you perceive to be one second, and for me, a couple hours. All right. Back. We're close to getting back, and I'm not driving. I got a few minutes, chunk of time in between some meetings, so I'm going to try and finish this up right quickly. I imagine somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes um, if I don't ramble too much or get sidetracked. So 20 minutes or so. Um, So yeah, I'm in that space of beginning to own my version of myself. Uh, And and so (laughs) what I did was I'm super into like science fiction-y type work. Uh, Like uh, when I say work, not doing science fiction work, but works of art. Um, be it pop culture, Star Wars-y stuff, to random books, uh, to the audio drama, Mars Fall, uh, stuff, just random stuff. And in that, you you pick up some things, and then you Google search, and then you spend way too much time on Wikipedia, uh, seeing how, you know, all these ships were formed by what Star Drive company, and then you get lost on a track of like, ooh, I wonder how close we are to the technology that uh, enables that to work the way that it does. And you learn stuff, right? In between that and then YouTubing videos like exploding rockets. (laughs) And then, you know, one of those dang videos that autoplay is something educational and you're just curious enough to go, okay, I'll watch this video before I refine my search results to only show me exploding spaceships. So uh, <laughs> what I did at this point, and this is kind of the, the meat, the heart of this thing, phase three, we're, we're winded down. And then we'll have a, I don't know, I might try and draw some questions out of it for all of us to be thinking about. So I drew on a whiteboard that they had there, a circle and called it Earth and said, this is, this is my thoughts on that feeling of how did I get here again, or I got to get out of here. So I drew this circle, called it earth slash their life, the norm of their life, and said, there's stuff about this place that sucks. Let's say you've been here for a while, and just the things that suck about this have become so obvious that you have that sense of, I got to get out of here. And so you build a rocket, right? Like that moment, I remember my first, I got to get out of here, was an explosive moment. Uh, It was powerful. It was more um, (laughs) rocket fuel, uh, intense, high burning than it was like a steady planned, here's how I'm going to strategically move through this moment in my life. It was a, okay, I'm pressing the launch button and moving away from something. 
and <laughs> uh, it cost me something. It cost my family something, and it cost, I think, the community that I was leaving something. Um, still got some good relationships there, but I think, I think it cost something like it changed some trajectory, right? So, um, the thing about this, the, the, the dot that I hope to connect in our minds is there's definitely away from motivation is super, super powerful. I got to get out of here is a very powerful thing. And if used incorrectly, it, the results aren't going to work. And I think that's in some ways why these guys kept winding back down, uh, finding themselves in the same spot back in the orbit, in the tight orbit of earth uh, or their sucky earth, right? Of Here I am in this program, this facility, this process that's all bullshitty. And so, you know, this, what happens with the away from motivation is, you launch, right? You go, it's, I'm out of here. I'm finally out of here. And there's always this moment, the moment of leaving is really exciting and scary. Like I said, it's like rockets are violent and precise. (laughs) They, you, for the most part, um, that away from motivation, wherever the nose of that rocket is, it's, it's going away from the tail, right? Like it's moving as fast as it can from where it came. And that is amazing. And it works really well for rocketry because, because of some things, which later on uh, we'll get into. But the problem is, is there's this moment of excitement and like, here we go and scared. And then there's this other moment where you achieve weightlessness and you're like, whoa, there's so much freedom. I'm here. I'm out. I'm away from that thing, that place. And the perspective up here is like, oh, yep. I see all the landscape. I see the ocean. I see what was good, what was bad. And it's like, this feels so good. The problem is, is that (laughs) there's nothing left because away from motivation has so much power and it expends so much fuel. Uh, it's unsustainable. Uh, rocket cannot continue at that level because the amount of fuel and force and thrust and uh, that whole exchange of energy is so potent that it runs out of room, like it runs out of fuel. And I think the very same is true for us humans, uh, when we're motivated by away from motivation, it, it goes off. It's crazy. It's a rough ride. It's exciting. It's scary. And then we run out of fuel because away from motivation is unsustainable. And so we have not changed our habits. We haven't changed our mode of thinking. And when things get rough out there, you go like, Hey, this is space. This is freedom. And actually, freedom wasn't everything I thought it was going to be. Uh, we're going to run out of oxygen. Harry's going to run out of money if he doesn't get a job. <laughs> you know, this relationship, whole getting away thing from uh, getting away from it was. Uh, it sounded really good, but now that I'm out here, like there's good things about it, but I realized that in some ways you can't do life necessarily on your own. So you have to, you have to be actually moving towards something. And <laughs> the problem with moving towards just away from here 
is that that's a dangerous move. Like you can get away, you can break orbit, um, not even break orbit. You can put distance between where you were and where you're not at now. But then if your only goal is not here, you can wind up anywhere. And when you're testing rockets, I'm sure even in the testing phase of rockets, like the goal is never, I wonder if we can get it to move away from here. Uh, there's probably still always some guidelines of like, let's make sure we don't press the go button, the launch fire button. And on the other side of that, you know, nose of this rocket is the children's wing of a hospital. Like that, the goal of not here is actually a really dangerous goal. And, and so thinking about that going, okay, so we got to be headed somewhere. So at this point, you know, I'm drawing the, the moon on the whiteboard and like, you have to have an actual destination, um, in mind that there's these two forces when you're feeling that I got to get away from this. Like the thing that I've learned through the process of quitting and being done and just going like, I got to get out of here. And how the, how the fuck did I get into this position again? This feeling again, like it's so gut. Um, I just gotta, what I've learned is like, there's, it's gotta be a combo like motivation. (laughs) Motivation has two asses, right? Like the one ass is, uh, away from motivation and the other ass is towards motivation. When you have two asses and you put them together, usually there's legs attached to it. How the hell do you like that metaphor? I love it. <laughs> so good. But we're not doing ass metaphors. We're doing, we're doing uh, rocket metaphors, right? And moon and space. So there's this idea of like, you have to know where you're headed. That uh, away from motivation and towards motivation, they actually should be used in concert or like harmony or some sort of togetherness is never enough to be motivated just by away from. And it's never enough to be motivated just by towards. Like there's an actual concert that needs to happen. This unison of we're going to use these things together. You got to know where you've been. You got to know where you are so that you can actually make a map and a, and a trajectory. And so what happens often, what I saw these guys do, the ones who had a little bit more than just, I just want to be out of here. They also had the idea of like, well, I want to start a small business or I want to be a doctor. Like there were guys in there who legitimately had some of those senses, right? And, and like, I want to do something good. But all that they had was a sense, like they saw the moon where it was. And so they pointed their rocket ship straight at the moon. The problem is, is the moon is always a moving target. This is why if you were to point a real rocket right at the moon, press go, like the, the rocket is never going to move fast enough to go travel in a straight line right to the moon. It actually is this moving target that's little bit ambiguous. It takes some strategy and some planning and some thinking. And so it's so fun drawing this all on the whiteboard for these people who are just like, Harry, what happened to the one who just like looks at the curriculum and tries to make it like, this is weird. And I tried to own it and just be like, Hey, I'm home. I was homeschooled. I love science fiction. You're getting the Harry's uh, thinking about how to move through life. (laughs) 
version of, of this. So let's buckle up, right? Um, so yeah, the problem is often the moon's a moving target and it takes strategy and thought. And so what was happening to some of these folks and what's happened to me is you get this picture of like life is, this is the life I want to lead. This is what I want. And it looks like this and it's going to feel like this. And you get really clear on the destination without actually going through a ongoing like time, energy, focus, feedback, <laughs> reevaluation, having it tested by other people, learning from other people, engaging new habits, like building new habits that actually shift the trajectory. Because when we fire rockets to make it to the moon or really anywhere, it's never in a straight line. Uh, it might be for, you know, a couple hundred feet, but then that rocket starts to tip and it starts to climb at angles, right? Um, shallower and shallower angle, angles, it moves out incrementally. Uh, and so that's, that's a really interesting thought to me is the way we move towards something is not straight at it. It's not towards the perfection because the perfect doesn't exist. Like your destination will always be a moving target and your destination, honestly, like, let's say you do it all right and you get there. It's the freaking moon. You can't live there. Like you're always called to keep going and go to the next thing. So I don't know, just was trying to encourage them and dive into this metaphor and <laughs> helpful, but obviously like you really invested in this whole rocket ship metaphor, right? And like, yeah, and there's more. So the more is this idea of incremental change. Like it can be explosive incremental change, but the idea that you actually have to, to live on the moon is going to take some really huge changes in your life. And this is where it gets hard is the change. The change piece is, Ooh, I don't like the incremental change. I want to be who I am now. Uh, but I just live on the moon. I live in the new destination. The problem with that is like it takes different skill sets, different ways of thinking and being and becoming to live there, uh, to be in this new thing you've imagined. And so I don't know, I, you know, would draw these circles that got concentrically bigger or like slightly bigger every time. And, um, and eventually that bigger circle, that rocket engages with a new gravity well which is just that process of new habit, new thoughts, new strategies. And pretty soon it starts orbiting the moon, right? And it gets closer and closer and closer and lands and you're on the moon. That's like process, that's time, that's effort and energy to get there. When I launch, when I, when I start having now that feeling of, I got to get out of here, you know, the, the thought that should come up, the one that we should start spending time with is going, how do I combine this explosive tool? I got to get out of here with, uh, what if I use that explosive tool and I, I shot towards something that has its own gravity. Well, I started to change my life to become like something that can survive in that space that can thrive in that space. So that was fun. It was good. This metaphor has been super helpful for me just going, there's away from motivation and there's towards motivation and they are never enough, right? And there's this memory that, that has come back. And there's so many little micro ways that this is important um, for me. 
there's like little areas of my life that I recognize I'm only using one or the other. Like I'm either shooting for perfection and wondering why it never works because I'm just trying to do the new thing without actually, you know, deploying the, the change piece or there's the, I just don't like this thing. And I wind up back at that thing in kind of micro ways. So, uh, I feel like there's more to that. I'm not remembering it right now. I hope it's helpful for you to think about it. Man, I want to end this stronger. There was something else. Oh yeah. I remember a long time ago, I would meet with my friend Joe and we would just talk about, you know, all sorts of life stuff. And just, I learned so much from that guy. Um, one day he found a video, or it wasn't even a video, it was a Flash Player website. And on the website, there was this moment, uh, this little app, I guess we didn't even call it Maps then, it was just like a Flash program. Um, and you could see these two little white dots uh, on a black screen. And if you drug your mouse over the top of it and you click somewhere, a third dot would be placed in the, in the you know, window. And that dot would start orbiting around whatever the closest dot to it was. And it like get really close to it, but then it'd get too crazy down there going too fast. And so it'd fling itself out from that gravity well and just bigger and bigger circles. And it was weird. We would like watch this thing too much. Like I remember there was a series of like four or five meetings where like we'd have the screen open on his computer go to that website and we just talk while we watch the dot go. But there was this like magical moment, that space where the dot would get so far away from another dot. And then that next time around, there would be like a wobble in its course. And then all of a sudden it would break and it would launch into a totally different direction. And there's something magical and like beautiful and mystical. And like, even though it was a pre-programmed thing, there was something about watching the dot make the actual, you're orbiting around the new thing. And I think that feels really like, whoa, that's amazing. You've made a change. But that change came from like 400 circles, uh, ever widening uh, circles around the initial gravity well before it could go to the next one. Oh, and then this brings up, I've been thinking about this for marriage and, and just how marriage works in our space, kind of our world, in a success culture? Like what, how do you keep a uh, healthy marriage and success culture where the idea is always like, know your dreams, you know, make a plan, go after it and build, build your dreams, right? And so this idea of, well, there's the moon over there. I can see the, like there's an image in my head of a young couple who maybe are dating. Let's go all the way back to dating world. And they're both finally like oriented enough towards each other where they start to have the bigger dream and going like, hey, like what if we took this to the next level? Whether for that couple, that means like engagement or moving in or whatever. And they start imagining and the dream kind of unfolds. There's a little bit of emergence that happens and it might might never, probably doesn't ever look like, hey, let's sit down and write a list, make a, make a map of where we actually want to end up. Although if that happened more, maybe we'd have some, <laughs> we'd have different marriages, that's for sure. So there's this moment though, eventually this like compiling of dreaming starts to happen where it's like, 
Oh yeah, our first apartment or our wedding or our engagement. And then what about kids? Oh, what if we had a house? What if we built our own? Like, what if we went on the fun trips we want to go on? And what if we, and at some point you like, people will get there. You'll, there's a lot of folks that I know who have been married for a chunk of time. Like all their dreams They're like 18-year-old dreams or they're 20-year-old or when they first met dreams, like 10, 15 years into marriage. Like they got there. Like they've got the house. They own their cars. They, uh, or like mostly own their cars, you know. They have cars. (laughs) Um, they've, They've done some of the trips. They, the kids are growing. And then I, like there's part of me that just wonders why Like if part of the marriage issue is that you had the dream of getting to the moon relationally and you got there and now you're there and you've not kind of assessed and gone like, were these dreams good? (laughs) Like if has achieving these dreams like actually created something good and sustainable? And if not, if your marriage relationship is like totally like not working, like it's not, you couldn't make a case for pure goodness in your relationship. It's kind of like, maybe, maybe our dreams are wrong. Maybe we need new dreams. And so maybe you go on that journey of like, and now we're going to shoot for Mars. Or maybe there's this idea that the idea of success and achieving dreams, although is helpful and important in a marriage Maybe, like, this is cliche. This is self-helpy, like, just surface-level sounding. But I think there's something true here of maybe it's not about achieving those dreams, but it's about, like, once you've achieved the dreams, going, ah, maybe, maybe this wasn't what we wanted. Maybe there's a totally different mode of operating in the universe of our relationship that's not about achieving the dream. It's about the process of dreaming and going and together and learning. And I don't know, there's thoughts there. I should probably have those more concrete before I record a podcast about it. I never know how to land things guys. And it's becoming very obvious, but I, (laughs) if you've made it this far, I love you. This is, I love is a strong word. Uh, I am so grateful. If any of these things have triggered thoughts that uh, you're like, Hmm, that sounds interesting. I don't know maybe like compelling enough where you go, yeah, that's what's happening to me. I'm finding myself in a space of going, I got to get out of here or the other question of like, how did I wind up here again? Um, If you ever want to like chat about that, what it looks like specifically for you, I'm open to that. Would love to have a conversation. Um, Or if it's the, I really don't know what I want. Um, what the next thing is. I, I forgot how to dream. Like <laughs> there's the individual who forgets how to dream. And then like thinking around the couple's side of things, like have couples forgotten how to dream together is a really interesting question to me. So if you uh, are ever interested in that kind of conversation, I'm not a professional by any means, but I love talking with people about this and where they're at in their story. So that's what's on my podcast today. I'm going to own it. I love this shit. Um, I think about it a lot and I need to implement a little more in some of this, especially on the the side of like, 
where am I going? Like, where, where does this head? And is that actually a good vision um, worth pursuing that's going to bring a lot of goodness around it? So um, if you like this kind of thing, please let me know. Uh, it doesn't have to be in any sort of public format. If you secretly like it, just send me the DM or the text to the email. And that would be super helpful. If not, please let me know. Uh, I would love to figure out. Ah, I'd love to figure out that balance of like doing something that I want and it being helpful for others. I really appreciate your time. Hit me up if you want to have that conversation. And yeah, like figure out how my, my hope is. See, this is where I, I don't know how to land. My hope is that you we get to a space where it's like both and you are both, you're moving away from something unhealthy and you're moving towards something healthy and you're in a place where you get to experience that and that you don't find yourself constantly in the same place over and over again. Like that just sucks. I've been there and it sucks. And there's a way through it and it could get better. It just takes a lot of like effort and work and vulnerability and, um, least from what I'm seeing it does. So, okay, that's it for this week. Hope you have a good one. Check out Noah Martis's album, Path Abandon. I think it's, it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes, um, Google Play, Path Abandon, Noah Martis. Go check it out and give him some sort of money somehow, uh, <laughs> please. Or just like my other friend who's a musician goes, the, the trick, one of the tricks is to open up Spotify at night uh, with your headphones plugged in and like it turned really far down and just put their album on repeat so that view count goes up and the, or the listen count goes up and they get their little kickback. I don't even know how much that is. We should, we should talk to a musician like Noah Marta soon and find out what that all feels like and works like. Okay. Have a great week, everyone. Tim and I are really trying to step our game up for organizing oops excuse me interview conversations so that's coming i promise more conversations on the way thank you for hanging with me reach out all right later